Hi everyone, David Harris here with you for Criminal Injustice with a bonus episode on the reactivation of the federal death penalty. In late July of 2019, as probably many of you heard, Attorney General William Barr announced that the federal government would resume executions after a 16-year hiatus. Now, the federal death penalty laws, the death penalty is sprinkled throughout the federal criminal code, uh, that has never gone out, that has never been repealed. What has happened is that execution drugs, that is, drugs necessary to carry out an execution by lethal injection, have either been unavailable or, in certain respects, ruled unconstitutional by the courts. And this has stopped, for all practical purposes, all kinds of federal executions, and there haven't been any, as I said, for 16 years. Barr announced that the executions would resume in December and January of the coming year, uh, and he announced which five cases those would be. All five cases Uh, feature really terrible, really heinous crimes. That's no surprise, I'm sure. Those are the kinds that end up in the death penalty. The reason that executions can resume is because now there is a single drug available that can be used for executions that's been used in several of the states that are still executing people and has not yet been found unconstitutional by any court. And that's how people are going to be executed, using that chemical. So, uh, a few issues and things to point out here. Um, There's nothing that has changed with one of the central justifications for the death penalty that it is necessary to have as as a deterrent to crime and the most serious crime uh, gets the death penalty. There is no deterrent effect that has ever been documented from using the death penalty, not at the state level, not at the federal level. That rationale has just never held water um, at any stage. So it can't be about that, though a lot of people will argue with it. Point number two uh, is to notice that the death penalty, wherever it's used, federal or state, is, is imposed selectively. It is only requested of the jury in certain states and in certain counties of those states. And on the federal level, uh, it is uh, there are more safeguards. It has to be approved at the highest levels of the Justice Department. But even there, not every case that might result in an execution uh, gets a request for capital punishment uh, to a jury. Uh, so there is always some selectivity and some would say arbitrariness in deciding in which cases the federal government will go for the death penalty and then, of course, which juries will actually impose a death verdict. Uh, Number three, we know that death verdicts are more likely to be obtained for defendants in cases where the victim was white than in cases where the victim was black. That has been a proven fact Uh, For years and years, it went in front of the Supreme Court years ago in the McCleskey case, and the Supreme Court said, yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, We don't want to look at any statistics about this. We're just not going to do that. Uh, And so this uh, this racial fact uh, is very much there. It is also used disproportionately against black defendants, though the chief driver of it is the race of the victim. Uh, I don't expect that to be any less true if we start executing people on the federal level than it is 
on the state level. Point number four, there's no real federal interest at stake. Are these cases of terrorism or treason or other purely federal matters? No, none of them are. These cases could all be tried in state courts uh, where they might or might not result in execution depending on the state, depending on whether the particular district attorney asked for the death penalty or whether it was imposed by the jury. Uh, And so when the federal government is taking these cases and seeking death verdicts and sometimes getting them, uh, we're not talking about supremely federal interest. There's a strong argument that this should be left to the states. Point number five, the general trend line across states is down. Uh, Listeners to Criminal Injustice may uh, remember that sometime back in season five, I think it was, I interviewed a very interesting guy with a very interesting uh, new book. His name is Brandon Garrett. He's now a professor at Duke Law School. And he was very clear uh, in his book and in our interview, uh, we have fewer and fewer and fewer executions being carried out with each passing year. Uh, And the trend line across states really is down. Now, that doesn't mean laws go off the books necessarily, though we have seen that in a couple of states. But it's important to understand that while public support may still exist for capital punishment and why the federal laws are still on the books, it is becoming more and more of an anomaly uh, as the last 10, 15, and even 20 years have gone on. And it's important to ask why. Why are juries not doing this? Why are DAs not doing it? And his research, Garrett's research, also showed how the remaining few death verdicts and executions that there are, how they're coming in an increasingly small cluster of states and an even smaller number of counties within those states. So as the federal government ramps up here, it is going against that entire trend over the last 20 years. Point number six, 133 people have been exonerated off of death rows in the United States. And there's every reason to believe that that number is really just the tip of the iceberg in terms of how many innocent people have ended up on death row. Uh, It is almost certain that we have executed innocent people in this country. And this is the really chilling fact here. Um, You know, you've got a a criminal justice process that is obviously uh, flawed. If we've had 133 people exonerated off of death row in the past few decades, there were many hundreds more exonerated who were not on death row. And we know that that is the tip of the iceberg as well. If we, the state, if we, the government, are sentencing people to lose their freedom or even to lose their lives, we darn well better have a nearly flawless process. We know we're human beings, so we're not flawless. We've got to do everything we can, though. But if we're executing people, my God, that is the power of God. That is the power to take life. I know there are plenty of people who think, well, eye for an eye. You know, that's your point of view. There are other points of view out there. The, the, the fact is, we just know we don't get it right. We are exonerating people out of prisons all the time. The idea that society would kill a person who is not guilty uh, is simply something that could never be taken back. And the federal system is no better. 
You know, the federal system doesn't have a lot more legal firepower in it. The federal system doesn't have more resources for uh, people who are uh, charged with capital crimes than the state systems do. It is just likely to have uh, 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 mistakes and exonerations in that system as it is in any state. Last point here. Uh, It is hard to escape notice that this is all happening with an election coming next year on the federal level. 2020 is, of course, the presidential election. And is it a coincidence? I wonder, I don't think so, to be honest, uh, that these executions will start uh, at the end of 2019 and continue into 2020. Now, it may be that this is just the law and uh, Attorney General Barr, he's just getting behind the law again and things have been lagging. Uh, you know, you have to wonder, you just have to wonder, could this be uh, a political use of this penalty? And uh, that would not be unprecedented. That's the thing. Those of us who have been around a little while, we remember the 1980s and 1990s, where politicians were practically tripping over each other to prove how tough they were on crime. And one of the ways they did this was by asserting their support for the death penalty. Uh, That is not something that's a distant memory for me. I remember it very well. Um, You go back to the 1992 presidential campaign, Bill Clinton and Al Gore running against George H.W. Bush, the incumbent. And they decided Clinton was not about to be defeated by being painted soft on crime. And one, two, three of their commercial spots that ran on television all the time trumpeted the Clinton-Gore support for the death penalty. And this was a common thing for politicians across the spectrum, everybody competing into how much, how tough they could be, and the death penalty was the signal. Uh, I don't want to see us go back to that. And that's where it seems to me we are headed. I don't like the feel of this. I know, you know, it's on the books. The attorney general can do this. I'm not saying it's illegal. I'm saying that this is against where we've been going as a country. It is against the facts in the sense that we know mistakes get made. And this is a kind of of mistake that if it's made, we just can't take back. And a country can't do that and remain a moral beacon. That's where we'll end. This is your bonus episode on the reinstitution of the federal death penalty as announced by Attorney General William Barr at the end of July 2019. This is Criminal Injustice. I am David Harris, and I will be back with you next time. Criminal Injustice is written by David Harris and produced by Josh Rollerson. Interviews are recorded at the studios of WESA in Pittsburgh. For more information, links, and past episodes, visit criminalinjusticepodcast.com.